0: All right, this is the Sharp Square Podcast flying solo today for our Monday show. I always do this every Monday if you want to lead in the honesty business that starts with being honest with yourself. So on Monday, I take a hard look at all the bold predictions I made about Sunday's slate of NFL games, see the things that I got right, but more importantly, try to figure out what went wrong. And this week, there was a little bit of both. Let me start with an absolute swing and a miss. And I mean, I swung for the fences on this one. If you listen to last week's bonus show, I talked all about home field advantage and how I felt home field advantage in week one of this NFL season would be more valuable than it had ever been in history. Now after the weekend was over, I didn't really go back and look. I know all I need to know to know that that was completely false. I got that wrong. In fact, of the 15 games played going back to Thursday, keep in mind we have one more game this evening we are recording Monday afternoon. In the 15 games, the home teams were 5 and 10 against The spread, excuse me, five and nine against the spread. New Orleans was on a neutral site in their win. So, five home teams who were favorites lost the games outright. You know, sometimes you make bold predictions and they don't work out, and that's okay. But every sharp that I listen to, No one had anything to say about this home field advantage factor, and I thought, okay, I'm on an island here. Well, I was on an island where I got it completely wrong. Look, you can elevate crowds to a degree, maybe a half a point here or there, but I was giving too much credit to too many teams, and then certain teams, I was staking so much in the home field that it really detracted me from paying attention to more important factors. For example, I loved the Steelers, narratively, but I wouldn't touch the game last week because I just felt they weren't getting enough points. But I had also given Buffalo an unreasonable four-point home field advantage. Had I just determined that Buffalo would have been an average three-point favorite, which is probably what they should have been, I would have been more inclined to like the Steelers and get on the game. So I have to learn my lesson. I have to move on. And I just missed out. It was home field meh vantage in week one. But more importantly, other than the games that I didn't bet or the games we did bet, it was our super contest five picks. Now, Once again, this is being recorded on Monday, so no Raiders game. That was my ultimate decision. We'll own up to however that went when me and Mike talked games on Thursday. Let's start with Mike's ultimate decision, Washington football team. And look, a lot of people, very sharp people, were on Washington. And they're all making the same excuse today. Well, Ryan Fitzpatrick got hurt. Heineke came in, he wasn't as good, and that's why we lost. The problem is that's not why Washington lost. Sure, maybe Fitzpatrick would have had a little of that Fitz magic in him in the second half of the game had he been in there, and Heineke didn't really deliver, but Washington wasn't lighting anybody up on the offensive side in this game at any point. And the real handicap in this game was supposed to be the Chargers with a new system, a new coach, new offensive line. They were going to get devastated by the Washington front. Actually, they looked great. Herbert looked like one of the best quarterbacks in the league, and he was sacked twice, only losing a total of three yards. So much for relentless pressure in his face. It was just a bad pick. It wasn't a winner. Washington might have potential later in the season, but we all assumed the Chargers, oh, it'll take time. This is a good time to bet against them. And we just assumed Washington was there. They weren't. I expect more from that defense. Washington will win some games, even if they have to with Heineke. But this is a spot where we just plain got it wrong. Just to be honest, I liked this game too, Mike wasn't totally solo on his own. One more factor in the Charger game, we talked West Coast teams having to travel, playing the East Coast. Yeah, that's a garbage stat, especially in Week 1. In Week 1 this year, West Coast teams traveling to the East Coast or just traveling in general were 5-0 straight up. So all playing on the road, again, not too much home field advantage, but not too much travel disadvantage for these teams. Just a general concept whiff that I had in week one. All right, did get something right here. Houston, Tyrod Taylor converted 55% of the Texans' third downs, and Houston ran the ball 41 times. That is a quarterback who knows how to not lose a game. The Jags didn't look good. Three had a uh, minus three turnover differential, and it was just a simple handicap. Why is Jacksonville on the road favored against anyone with a rookie quarterback and a first-time NFL head coach? Yes, Houston's bad, but they have a veteran quarterback and, And it made all the difference. We were all over this game. It was our ugly Betty. Houston plus three and a half. They won the game outright. Okay. The next game we had was Detroit. Now, Detroit was down by 24 points in the fourth quarter. So they didn't hang in there with the Niners. The Niners didn't run into any difficulties. Basically, Detroit got boat raced. But... Goff was not under horrendous pressure the entire game. He didn't get that scared deer-in-the-headlights look, and he kept firing through the fourth quarter and actually bought us a backdoor cover after the Detroit recovered an onside kick and scored a touchdown. Shop your lines, people, as this game went up and up, like we thought it might until game time. The line got up to eight and a half, nine. 9 If you got it early in the week, you got a loser because they didn't cover the 7.5 losing by 8. But we had 8.5. Shop your lines, folks. It got us a bailed out win in Detroit. Sometimes with garbage teams, you just have to accept you're lucky they're not good. Last game, I'm going to take full credit for. I pushed to get Kansas City in the contest. I have a terrible way of underestimating Cleveland. And Kansas City had some injuries on the defensive side that really took away from my handicap that they would create pressure on Mayfield. Mayfield played fine. He relied on his running game. Yes, Kansas City, they can strike at any time. But the way Cleveland played, they're going to win a lot of football games like that. I flat out underestimated them, got too caught up in the hype of Kansas City, felt a little square for it, lost some money, and that's on me. I cost us a pick there. But we're okay. We're 2-2 two and two going into tonight. If we miss, we're 2-3. and three. It's not good, but it's not terrible. And if we're 3-2, and I'll take that. It's like getting out of week one alive. But there's going to be some things that I look for in week two. We did our market correction pick last week where we bet on the games where we thought the market was overreacting. But in week two, this will be apparent throughout the slate of games and there will be a lot to choose from. I wrote a little bit about it for my week two Market Overreaction Week. A funny thing happens after the first week of professional football that is unique to post opening weekend. In the preseason, the touts espouse predictions for all teams and how the season will finish. Usually, these predictions are based on the outcomes of the previous season's campaign, as if a carbon copy of the previous year has ever repeated itself in this league of continuous parity. What tends to happen, however, are the predictors consider, formulate, and verbalize their presuppositions and broadcast those ideas to all of the sports mediums for all pigskin preppers to hear. Then the first week hits and the rubber meets the road. With no games that matter to prove the analysts' predictions for the multiple weeks of preseason talk, people really start to buy into their own football foresight. The mistake often made is to condense your evaluations of a season's body of work into one game, one game that is also the first game of a full-speed, precision sport that is played in rush hour traffic. Don't forget that these athletes are hardly playing in any preseason games, if any, and the amount of contact is limited. The first game can tell you a lot about any given team. It cannot, however, tell you what the entirety of a season will bring. Last year, 2020, the Jaguars beat the Colts, who were a playoff team last year, and won the game outright the Jaguars did as a double-digit home underdog. It was the last game the Jags won during their 1-15 in campaign. Inevitably, sports handicappers and analysts who were correct in their assessments of these two teams immediately started changing their tune. Maybe the Jaguars are going to be good when Minshew Mania runs wild on you. Maybe Phillip Rivers is washed up and doesn't have one more run to lead a good roster to double-digit wins. People run from solidified team ratings that they spent months constructing and weeks touting. This leads to a week two that offers some of the best opportunity to best bet market corrections that are based in hyper-overreaction. I have to believe in my thoughts on quarterbacks, coaches, and team strengths compared with weaknesses. I personally spend the month of August deep-diving information, consuming articles, and pouring hours of podcasts through my ear canals. The very first game is not enough to flip-flop on my own contentions and assume what happened in Week 1 will replicate its results the following week, month, and ultimately season. A true sharp better will use the previous game's results to analyze a team's capabilities. They will be disciplined though to get a sample size of games that eliminates at least a fair degree of one game anomaly. One game is not the sample size and the first game is not the prime cut of a single game sampling to tell the story. I spent the day going over box scores of the games to see what some stats provided for insight. I thought through what I saw as I watched copious amounts of games on three different TVs yesterday. I made some notes, updated my team pages, and will now put a pin in that information. In week two, I'm going to use my same power rankings that I used the previous week. Now is not the time to blow up your system and audible into freestyle. Give things a chance to work out naturally. Until week three, then go ahead and freak out.